Hi, what's up? And hello, welcome to the WHLC show. Show, 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 show. figuring stuff out okay cool <laughs> well my podcast is super informal I don't know if you had a chance to listen to anything of it but this will be the best mic quality and probably podcast quality ever so congratulations yay <laughs> you are the first <laughs> and I usually don't have interviews so this is really exciting to have somebody on um, I'm usually not being interviewed like with my job I'm so used to like being in your shoes so this is exciting oh, for me. cool well don't it's it's a back and forth so if you have questions too, throw them my way awesome. um but I just want to get started with some jujitsu questions first and then we'll kind of get into more topic specific questions about massage um so yeah what got you into jujitsu so I was originally training with a friend of mine who's a professional boxer. I was like on this weight loss journey and kind of just getting burned out with just running and doing the gym thing. And a friend of, a, of ours connected us um, to work together boxing. And he trained in the same gym that our current professor was using as a place to host his class. So we, my boyfriend and I actually met at the gym. I was training with my boxing coach and he was training with his um, jiu-jitsu and, and Muay Thai coach. And so that's how we initially met. And then we started dating. And then he's like, you should try jujitsu because my boxing coach had a baby and our schedules just got too cr like crazy and hectic to um, make work together. And he's like, you should try jujitsu. And I'm like, um, I'm more of a stand-up girl. <laughs> and then I just was like bored with the gym. And so our, our professor's wife also trained and we had become friends and I was like, Hey, would you ever just like work one-on-one -on -one with me just to see if I really like it? And she said, yeah, I'm actually doing that with another girl who wants to get started. Her husband trains also. So it was just the three of us. And then, um, in January of 2019 COVID has me so thrown off on years. Yes. I like <laughs> I started that. my first like group class. So really my boyfriend takes credit for it. Cause he really was like, you should try it. You should try it. And then as I got started and I started falling in love with it, he's like, you should have done this like a year and a half ago when I told you you should have. So, <laughs> but I'm really glad that I did. It's just been so fun. That's cool. I really love that. Um, I love first thing that stuck out was like getting bored with the gym because there's like a running joke in our, my, me and my husband's relationship where he's like, basically makes fun of me because the only way I'll work out is by having someone try to kill me. <laughs> like <laughs> the only way I'll like really push, like, I'm not one of those people that's going to like push and grunt and like, like, yeah, next set, like in the gym, I'm just like, not one of those people. I do like as much as like needed and <laughs> no more, no less. Yeah. And so he's like, good thing you have jujitsu because nothing else gets you really like out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I'm really glad I did. So I definitely give credit to TJ. It just took a lot longer to get into it than when he first really started pushing. Cause I was like, I don't, my brother was a basketball player. Like he wasn't a wrestler. Like I didn't grow up around wrestlers. So it was just very out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Like I like stand up, but That's so it was, funny. it was so fun. And starting with just a couple of girl girls in like a small setting, I think really helped to like ease into that transition. Cause we're a 
like dominantly male gym. Mm -hmm. And when I first started like way more than we are now. So it worked really well. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to start with like basically Tom wanting to do drills at home and me just being like, okay, fine. And we did that for like six years. And I was always annoyed. Like, oh my God, he he just asked me again, can I try something? Can I try something? And then uh, after six years (laughs) of panicking, like in basic side control at home with someone I trust, (laughs) I got a lot of that out early. And then once I was in a real class, I was like, okay, it's kind of the same, same. We're going to be all right. We're not, right. We're he would come home class and be like, let me show you what we learned tonight. And I'm like, I don't like that at all. So <laughs> no, I don't want to go do this. It's like you guys spend a couple of hours a night just doing this to each other. No, thank you. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah. And I just, I started in yoga. So I was all like airy fairy and by myself, just like trying to do these cool flows. And then he would show me like jujitsu solo drills and be like, yeah, just put that in there. It kind of looks the same. Just do it. And I didn't even know I was doing jujitsu moves until it came to apply them. And I was like, oh, this is like a forward lunge. Oh, this is like a pigeon pose. Like I was just like all up in the yoga world. It's ironic to be on the other side of like, cause you know, it's like non-harm, but in jujitsu, if a yoga person saw that, they'd be like, you're breaking all the rules. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's about both. So, um, the other thing that thought stood out to me was, uh, striking, which is really cool that you started in striking because I, like well, I did karate like as a kid, but it was like young America in a grade school. So I don't really count that, but, um, and you're like punching air. So it's like, cool, katas. Hey. But my, my coach, Natalie, she is like 10 years of Muay Thai, really, really good on the feet. Um, and she watching her fight, I started doing striking classes just for cardio. And like, I really liked the footwork aspect of it where I was like, this kind of applies to jit- like jujitsu. It's, you gotta be able to move your feet for takedowns and I literally felt like Bambi on my feet. So I've with striking practice, which I don't do it very often. It's maybe like once or twice a month, if that, but I think it's really helpful for developing the footwork for stand up in jujitsu. So definitely uh, just the you. whole like body movement, action, reaction. And I don't do our Muay Thai classes nearly enough. Like I'm a mom. So it's like a big balance of my schedule. Yes. So I don't go to Muay Thai nearly enough, but um, it is, it's just, getting very comfortable with reacting and acting off of reactions and it it all ties very well together. So, but I'll tell you what, like I can do boxing. I went to a couple Muay Thai classes and I was like, not using my lower body, not expecting them to use their lower body. I'm like, what is going on? There are so many limbs flying at me right now. Like I am not prepared for this. (laughs) Yeah. I understand that. Jump? Like what is going on here? I love that. Yeah. I, I constantly get kicked when I try to go to class. I'm like, oh yeah, legs and stuff. Okay. Oops. Ow. Yeah. My well, and TJ fights Muay, or fights MMA. So like, and he was before we started dating. So as, I mean, when we first started dating, like I was right into like the MMA girlfriend. And so we trained with our boxing coach for a while, um, which was really great because we got to train together in that respect. Mm-hmm. So I was very familiar with it as a spectator mm-hmm. and as a like support system. But like in my first Muay Thai class, like the upper body stuff, the, those combos like came very natural. The leg stuff, I was like, I have no rhythm. I don't dance. My timing is not good with my feet. Like my takedowns are garbage in jujitsu because I just like don't use my lower body for anything. (laughs) So it was just, it was chaos. And I just, I laugh at myself a lot because I'm awkward. And so I just learned a long time ago. You gotta, you gotta laugh at yourself, girl. But yeah, it uh, helps. 
it was a struggle. And then I finally started to get it a little bit. And then we would drill at home during COVID just for exercise and just to break up the stagnation of being at home. And our, mm-hmm. all of our gyms, our jujitsu gym, our regular gym was closed and yeah, running yeah. is great. But man, after a while, you just kind of get bored with it. So we did yeah, some Muay Thai yeah. drills at home and that kind of helped a little bit. But That's cool. I feel that. Okay. So uh, I know what belt you are, but people who are listening don't. So what belt are you in jujitsu and how long have you been training? So I've been training for about two and a half years. We were closed for a small window of time. We were very, very fortunate during COVID that we only had to close for a small window of time. Um, so more like two, a little over two years on the mats, but I, um, I am a baby blue belt. I actually just got my blue belt about a month ago, just a little over a month ah. ago. I know. It, I, um, thank you. I was registered to compete at the Top Cancer Out Colorado Springs events. And two weeks before the tournament, we did our promotions. <laughs> and I hadn't cool. competed in over a year. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing to me? So it was so nerve wracking. And oh, it was so exciting. Um, we had three women, including myself, promote to blue. And we have a very small group of women that train regularly. And now um, all but one of them, I believe, are blue belts, which was really cool because we all kind of started around the same time frame. And so now we just have this fierce team of women now. So I was very like excited and very humbled to be able to promote with some of my other female grapplers. And then of course, a great group of guys that were promoting as well. So we had this huge promotions class and it was just a really big experience exciting day. That's so cool. I love that you guys came up together. I, I like think of people like that where I'm like you and I we're like jujitsu siblings. It's like we're growing yeah. up together. This is don't forget this brother. Yeah it was Sister. great. Love that. Um, what is one thing that you love the most about jujitsu? So I would have to say probably my most favorite thing about jujitsu is the community. So you and I just came back from role model camp with yeah, yeah. a week ago. Um, and it was just, oh, my heart was so happy just to have all of these absolute total strangers in a room, like 250 plus women, it's which fine. was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just connect because you have this similar interests, right? Like, like you, everybody trains for their own reasons. Like you're super competitive. You're just looking for an outlet. You want self-defense. You're trying to lose weight, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you all have this common interest, which is just trying to simulate murder on each other in a very loving situation. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Like you can just, you go to a tournament and you're competing against this person and your goal is to win. But when the match is over, you're hugging your friends, you're connecting on social media, you're supporting each other in your journey. Um, and it's not just the women, like I've made some amazing friends in our gym with our males and gyms around our area in Colorado and Wyoming that also train. And you just get to meet people in a different way than you would on the street. And mm-hmm. they just instantly are like, yes, you do you go girl. Like I'm supporting you, liking your stuff on social media, sending you words of encouragement. It's just, it's such a great community. It's so different than any other community I've been in. And I yeah. love it. I feel the same, same. That's if I were to be asked that, that's the same thing I would say for the most part. Um, and just like, it's such a good energy outlet, like, like for stress management, or if you are someone who's just hyper, like I'm a hyper person. My mom used to be like, she used to sing to me like hyper in the diaper, hyper in the, and I just remember that as a kid, I've always just been like super high energy. And if I don't manage it, it'll like, it'll turn in on me and I'll start feeling a little like anxious and crazy. So having that outlet super important. And then, um, I just feel like 
jujitsu is like a refining process. And if you are real enough and honest enough to go through that refining process, I think that's what makes the community so, um, so awesome because it takes a rare bird to do that because <laughs> it's it really tough, does. you know? Yeah. And it's great because you get to connect on the mats, but then as your relationships grow outside of that, then you get to be a part of their life, right? You get to watch their kids grow up. You get to watch their kids graduate. I mean, there's a couple kids or a couple kids, they're older than me, a couple of people from our gym whose kids just graduated high school and, and they have a son that's a couple years older than my daughter. And so we get to see each other outside of the gym and just, it's so great to have that connection with people. And it would literally have not come from anywhere other than we train together. So yeah, it's yeah. great. I love that. Same. It's, it's really cool. Just being involved in, I mean, and jujitsu is like, not to be make it weird, but it's kind of intimate. Like you're close. You're not just yeah. like pat pat and hands. Like you, you're like it's vulnerable too. Like you're putting your life in someone else's hands on a regular basis, and that just creates a connection. I don't feel is created anywhere else. If you're on like a intramurals soccer league or something like that, right? You know? Right. Because you literally have to day one never met you before. I'm trusting you with my body. I'm trusting you with my life. Really, like. I'm going to let you cut off circulation, <laughs> cut off my blood flow. I can't breathe. And I'm trusting that when I tap on you, you're going to let me go, or you're not going to just go ham on my shoulder joints or, you know, just really rip that arm bar in. And I walk out with like three arms because now my like arm is like in two pieces. Over yeah. here. So, um, it is like, you have to have trust in a stranger and it's, it's amazing. Like it's such a cool environment to be in. It is. Yeah. Don't be scared if you're listening, ladies. It sounds like scary when we're talking about it, but it's not that scary. And the more yeah. you do it, the less scary it gets. So just yeah. like, and I like talk when I'm grappling with people, like in the gym and in competition, like oh my gosh. last competition, I was like trying to chat with this girl as we were going and she wanted nothing to do. <laughs> but like when I'm rolling in the gym, especially with her upper belts, like I'm going to get my butt kicked and I know it. But like when he's like going for a leg, I'm like, no, leave my leg alone. I don't want you to yeah. have my leg. This is my leg. Or I'm like trying to grab something. Can you, can you just give me that arm, please? Just, just do me a favor. I need that arm. If you just bring it over here, hand it over it there. So, I mean, it's fun. Like we all laugh and we joke and we have fun with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I definitely am one of, I'm not a talker in competition, even like before, like if you come up to me and you're like, Hey, we're in the same bracket. Like, where are you from? And be like, uh, we'll talk after, like you are someone <laughs> in my mind that is murdering my future children and I'm out to get you. So it's no offense, but let's talk after we try to kill each other. Like for the future, if you're listening, keep that in mind. If you compete against me, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> I love it. Me like, <laughs> so we create our match and like I I'm very familiar with my mats and so when you go to a tournament you don't know what you're stepping on like mm -hmm. they're rougher they're like slicker whatever and my feet were like sweaty from just walking around in sandals and I step on the mat and I'm like whoa right like my feet <laughs> slide a little bit and we're like going for takedowns and I'm like laughing to myself like I take it very serious I'm extremely competitive mm -hmm. but I'm just like, oh my gosh, my feet are just so like slippery. Like I'm just sitting on the mat. <laughs> nothing. She wants nothing to do with it. Um, like I went to grab her lapel and I like kind of brushed her nose as I went for it. And like, I'm an, I'm sorry person. I will apologize to you for everything. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Nothing. Nothing. It's like, we will not talk until we are done. Right. right. <laughs> Samurai um, style. Yeah. I was like, I had her in technical mount and she was like working for it and kind of breathing heavy. I'm breathing heavy. We were in Colorado Springs, which is like almost 
twice the elevation of where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Like I'm dying. Nothing. Like there was nothing there. Like, I was just like, like, well, I guess we're just not going to be friends right now, which is totally fine. (laughs) But she didn't want to be friends after either. I felt so I was just like, okay, well, see you later on to the next (laughs) best of luck. I'll see you at the next tournament because we're probably always going to be in each other's bracket. So cool. You'll love me eventually. I will make you force upon you. (laughs) (laughs) You will be my friend. Okay. (laughs) Um, Cool. How, so what does your training schedule look like? Are you like a five day? Are you a two day? Um, I'm probably like a three to five day on a like average training week. I like to try and get in closer to the four to five, but, um, with my job and I'm a mom of a teenager who's extremely active. And so sometimes like it's more two to three, if I'm lucky, but I really shoot for three to five. I always try to get a gi class and a no gi class. And I always try to make it to an open mat if possible, but our open mats are on the weekends. And so sometimes like weekends are just family stuff. Like we're out of town, the kids are busy. Um, but I usually try to shoot for three to five days a week. That's my goal. That's, I think that's a pretty steady pace personally, but you know, I mean, you came to that workshop, I was mentioning just like pace is about like, it's so individual, like you, everyone's life circumstance is so drastically different. So it's hard. Sometimes I feel like there's this like competition, this unspoken competition of like, well, I love jujitsu more than you love jujitsu because I have 15 geese and I train every freaking day, twice a day. And it's like, well, does that really, is that a measurement, an honest measurement of like love for jujitsu? I don't think it is like maybe you just have a different life setup and that's what allows you to like pour so many eggs into that basket but other people don't have that opportunity um and yes yes that that's so much like that is (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) she's like hallelujah man um I used to be like a, a two times a weeker and uh Sometimes though, like if it was competition prep, I would try to go at least four. And like you mentioned, get an open mat in there. Um, but I recently just struck a really nice balance of three days a week. And it's like on, off, on, off, on. And then on the weekend, like it's the weekend is like as needed. Like if I feel like I didn't get hard rolls during the week, I'll go to the Saturday class or something. But I really like my weekends to get out in nature because like moving back to Colorado, like we kind of came here for both jujitsu and the mountains. Right. So I need to spend time with mama. mama right. Jiu-jitsu. Well, and so I do jujitsu and I'm a cardio freak and jujitsu is like its own cardio, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can be a marathon runner and come into your very first jujitsu class and two rounds in you're dying because mm-hmm. it's just a different type of cardio. And I have found that I have to have both balances, like to be at my peak performance for a competition. I have to have cardio outside of jujitsu too, just for my own stamina, my own breathing practices. Um, but I also train twice a week virtually with Jess, who we had at camp. Ah. And so I'm lifting twice yes. a week with my own lifting program and with work, working full time and being a mom, like it's, I either go lift today or I go to jujitsu class today. Cause they mm-hmm. kind of fall at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so two days a week, I'm trying to fit in my lifting. I try to maybe team that up on a weekend where I can lift one day and do open mat. But, um, like I'm training in ways outside of just jujitsu because jujitsu is my hobby. Like mm-hmm. I would love to say that I'm going to be good enough that I could make it my career, but, um, no, you're like too soon. <laughs> No, like I'm good enough, but I'm still pretty much garbage. So (laughs) everyone feels like they're garbage. Yeah. Um, Even like people who have been doing it for 
a billion years. You're like, yeah, you just, it's, you always feel like garbage. I mean, there's moments where you're like, cool, I can eat up white belts for breakfast, but you know, right. most people all, are always like, just the type of people who get into jujitsu are so like self-critical if they're like, you know, good, they're self-critical. So most of those people are still like, oh, I've got so much to learn. I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> so. And there's days where you go and you are the hammer and you're like, yes, my takedowns were on point and I was setting up that submission I've been really working for. Or I was defending that. And then there are days that you are the nail. Mm-hmm. And those are the days that I go home and I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why am I signing up for this? Like, this is just like, I'm crying in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> You're like tying yourself worth to like, just a rough yeah. day at the gym. Turn the, but, turn the radio yeah. off on the way home and just drive in silence while you like think about everything that just happened to you. And then yeah. you get home and you're just like, why am I doing this? It's like putting yourself in a timeout. It's like, you, right. you did awful. <laughs> you sit and think about that. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. My husband has to remind me all the time. He's like, it's a long road. Like you just had a a hard training. You're probably tired and hungry. You probably need some water, like give yourself some patience and time. And I'm like, no, I'm an awful human. I don't know why I keep training. Like just, just quit, but I could never quit. It's too much fun. Yeah. My boyfriend learned a long time ago. Like I am a lot more emotional about it than he is. And Mm -hmm. so he's learned to just be like, would you like to talk about it? Yeah. No, I don't want to talk about it. And he's like, okay. I love that. And then there's nights where I'm like, yes, I do. I am such a girl. I am 100% a girl. I love that. Um, I, yeah, those hard, I love those hard training days though. Like if I, if I could have like the perfect setup, it would be like one or two of those a week. And the other times like more slow technical drilling and things, but those things that push you like there are times where we'll do untimed rounds and like you're going with the same person for like 20 minutes until submission and they're really really hard nights but those are the nights where I'm like man all these holes in my game opened up and I like I felt myself quit mentally several times (laughs) and so being able to face that and be like yeah you have mental thresholds and physical thresholds and they're not always the same I think is super helpful even though it's really really hard sometimes (laughs) Yes. Um, I was rolling with my professor as I was getting ready for comp one time and we didn't realize the timer wasn't going. Like we just like, okay, next round, like slap bump go. And I'm like, this is the longest five minutes of my life. <laughs> like the longest five minutes of just getting my ass whooped. And then like, we're going and we're going and we're going. And he's like, is the timer on? And I'm like, and then we look, it wasn't, I was like, okay, good. Like I was in my head thinking like, oh my God, I'm so like, this is all falling apart. I'm falling apart. Like nothing's like going right. These five minutes are dragging. Like I'm not going to be able to stand up in this competition and like hold my own. And then it was like 15, 20 minutes of us rolling. And I was like, okay, great. Like I survived. Like then I was like, I survived that for that long with our black belt professor who's got these like crazy like background of things. And so then I was like proud of myself. So it was like that instant mental, like, oh, you didn't just die for five minutes. You survived for 15, 20. You know what I mean? Like it was just totally like mental mindset. Yeah. So empowering. It's great. Um, okay. So we did one thing you love about jujitsu. What's one thing you hate about jujitsu? Girl, that comparison, like, and it is, oh, it is like, the thing that everybody does, even when you try so hard not to, like, we're all very guilty of it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's like our, when I start to be like 
in that comparison mind frame, I'm like picking myself apart a little bit. Like, oh, maybe like I should be coming more often because these people are coming all the time. Or if I was here more often, like maybe this would be something that I could be executing better. Um, but then you get it on the other side of it too. Like, well, we're here this many nights a week. And so if you want to get better at jujitsu, you show up to jujitsu. Well, sometimes I have to show up to be a mom too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to like, just go home after a, a rough day at work and know that my mindset is not in a good place to go to jujitsu or to the gym or whatever. And I just have to have those moments where I like engage myself and like, I need this or I don't need this, but, and it, and it happens, especially like in a small group setting, cause you're so familiar with each other. Like they're, they are excelling at a faster rate than I am. Does that mean that I'm not showing up? Does that mean that I shouldn't be doing this? And then the vice, the vice versa side of that too, like, Oh, look at what she's doing. And you know, it just, it sucks. Like you don't want to do it, but you find yourself in that like vortex a lot. Yeah. And it's weird too, because in, in like, the group or the coach's perspective, like their job is to challenge you. They want you at the gym because they want you to get the most of your membership. Like they have their motives for like kind of, you know, running the guilt train on you. <laughs> like, why aren't you here every day? Um, which is a part of their role. So it's like, there, it's a weird balance, I'm sure, for them to, you know, understand people's different life circumstances, but also be the person who's challenging those circumstances and helping them grow within those circumstances. Um, it's, it's definitely a delicate balance. And I also think, like, you know, people are so different in the way they process things. And I, I love to think about food in that sense, where, like, if you can sit down and eat a six-course meal, good for you, but not everybody can do that. And, if you are someone who is going every single day and still getting like quality training and quality learning in, then fuck yeah, do it. But if you're not that type of person, it's okay to adjust accordingly. And I, I think it's a real, another like strike of balance of like, am I, am I here with quality or am I here and just checking a bunch of attendance boxes? Am I, right. am I actually paying attention during class and getting something out of it? Or am I just showing up because all you gotta do is just show up to get better. Like it's, it's definitely a balance, I think. Um, and it's subjective. Like if your goals are to be an ADCC champion at black belt, then you gotta be there every freaking day, like Elizabeth clay lifestyle right away. Right. Um, but if your goal is to have fun and train till you're 90 years old, like me, then three times a week is fine. Like right. you really just have to like gauge your, your reasons for training and right. they can change some, you know, who knows? Well, and I started, I started training in my thirties. So like, I already have this like used and abused body. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes like my shoulder only holds up for two or three times a week until I can rehab through that. Or, you know, like I tweaked my back or I tweaked my elbow doing this in the gym outside of jujitsu. And so like, it's, it's that ebb and flow. And it goes back to like, just being on your own journey. And it's so hard. Cause like mm -hmm. we compare ourselves to other people in life as, as a whole, like mm -hmm. the car we drive, the house we live in, you know, the things we do, like the jobs that we have, like, it's just a thing, right. Mm -hmm. like, we're all born that way for whatever reason. Um, but man, it, it's, and a small gym setting can be really tough about it. And then also really supportive. So Sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, I wish we had like a huge, like different people every day. So we could get different bodies in to train with, 
But then at the same time, like I know if I'm having a bad day and I go in my, like my teammates can see that in me and like adjust, we adjust for each other, which is great too. So, yeah. And that helps with like, uh, longevity in training. Like if you are someone who is training every day of the week, it helps to have that ability to adapt. Like today is, today is, I just showed up and I'm winning for that. So like, I'm going to play bottom. I'm going to let the crazy four stripe gigantic white belt guy, like get his Kimura and, you know, run around like a dog who got his bone. Like, look, I did right. it. Look, I did it. Like, that's okay. Right. I think right. after a long, after time training, you you kind of figure out like for yourself, like what your goals are going to be that specific day. And when you have a gym that supports that and it's kind of tuned into that, like, oh yeah, she looks a little off today. Like maybe I won't you know, crank on a, whatever, maybe I won't right. try to push her today because it right. break, break her. <laughs> like that's helpful. Absolutely. Or this person's like, this is our second class. So when we roll, it's just going to be like letting them work through their movements. So it clicks. Like I'm very much like a, when I can do it and it clicks then I learn from it as opposed to like, I hit the brick wall every time and get stressed and frustrated. So uh, we have some new people that have just started training this summer. And so sometimes those roles are just taking their back and then letting them work through that escape, that transition. So like they get to feel what it's like to succeed, to, to mm-hmm. fully get out of that position or to transition or, you know, whatever the case may be like getting out of a guard, just mm-hmm. walking them through it. And sometimes those are like their light roles and you don't really leave with much of a sweat going, but you're helping out your teammates and that's just as rewarding as going home, knowing you just beat your own ass for however long. So, yeah, I love that. It's definitely a, a balance of the two. Um, let's see, we'll get into my, our fifth question as we lead into the specific topics there, but, um, you mentioned like shoulders. Have you ever had like a severe a really severe injury where you had to like go get surgery or whatever, um, due to jujitsu, not to jujitsu. So I've been an athlete since elementary school. Um, I was a basketball player. I played volleyball. I did track, um, in high school, I had a, just a reoccurring annoying shoulder issue and it was minor, but it was like leading into like a more extensive rotator cuff issue. And the doctor at the time was like, well, we can do surgery but, um, it means you're going to miss out on something. So if you want to continue to be a three sport player, then you're going to have to have surgery, but it would have meant missing out on my senior year of volleyball and volleyball was my sport. And so I was like, I would rather give up these other two sports that I'm like, eh, I enjoy them. Um, then miss the one that I was truly passionate about. Um, and I still have some issues with those shoulders from time to time. They're just a little bit weaker. Um, but it was never anything major until like post-college as an adult, uh, playing in a volleyball league at our local YMCA, I jumped, I came down my lower body, my upper body went two different directions. And I tore my ACL like in F, like we're looking at the MRI and the doctor's like, so there should be something right here. And there's not. Um, so I had to have surgery on it. This was like 10 years ago. And I was like, probably the most unhealthiest in my life I had ever been, which didn't help any of that recovery process. And, uh, he's like, you know, you tore some meniscus in there, which we go in for surgery. We'll replace the ACL. We'll clean some stuff up. You'll be fine. You'll walk out of the hospital. It's just going to be like six week recovery. And I woke up and they handed me a set of crutches and they were like, this was way more extensive than we thought. So my meniscus tear 
like a tour, but one part of it like kind of folded and it rubbed away my cartilage in my knee during that time between the injury and when I could have surgery. So they had to go in and do some, like they basically like drilled holes in my bone to create like a blood flow to build up scar tissue to replace the cartilage that had been worn away. And so I was on crutches, no weight bearing, no bending for like eight weeks. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's severe. Awful, awful. And like, I, so I lost a lot of muscle, right? Cause like that happens when you're not losing it. And 10 years later, weight training, I still could not fully develop back that muscle in my leg. It's so weird. Like if I flex, my legs are different. They're strong. I just like cannot regrow muscle around that area, which is super weird. Um, so that would probably be like my most like severe injury. Um, and it wasn't jujitsu related, but sometimes like that knee bothers me a little bit and I'm oh, yeah. on the mats and I'm like, yeah, I cannot, like, I can't do leg stuff today, or this is bothering me a little bit. Um, my ankles are trash from being a basketball and volleyball player. Like, I don't even know how my one ankle is still attached. I've rolled it so many times. Like, <laughs> like it's awful. Um, and like, I've, you know, you, you, you're working and you pop your ankle from time to time working leg stuff and nothing major, but maybe you're a little tender for a couple of days. I, I do not know what I did, but during training, I tweaked my levator scapula in my left shoulder. And so like, I had to go start seeing my chiropractor and regular treatments with him, like everything gets back into place and it doesn't prevent me from training. But when it flares up, then I'm like, okay, we're going to have to take a little bit light until I can work through this treatment with him. And then I'm good to go. So I K tape when I need to just as a precaution, or if it's a little sore, like I K tape it just for added support. But I've been very fortunate not to have a major jujitsu related injury. I've seen them happen in my gym, freak accidents, all very like shoulder related. So like, I like right up front, like, I'm just like, I'm here to train. I got to go to work tomorrow. Let's take care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful to bring that or at least make a statement like that before you start rolling too. Just like, Hey, I need my arms. So, uh, if you get there, could you, could you take it slow? Like if you have the correct control, you should be able to. So. Yeah. And at our last competition, like we had our first match. So it was just me and this other gal in our division. And so we had a match, there was a match between us and then our match. And then the match between us within like the first 19 seconds, I have no idea. I missed what happened, but the the girl was laying on her stomach. They're cutting her gi and her rash guard off of her, like cutting up the sleeve of her gi. Um, It was a big deal. And so I went over to the gal I was competing against and I'm like, I am like, I'm all about the competition here, but I have to go to work on Monday. So like, I'm down to like go crazy, but just so you know, like, I'm not here to hurt you or anything wild like that. Cause we'd seen some injuries. Like it just happens in the sport, especially at a competition level. Like everything gets turned up another level or two. And she's like, me too. Like I have to work on Monday. Like we're here, let's compete, but let's also take care of each other. Which is another thing about that community that I love, especially at this like amateur level. Like I'm here to, to like win and compete with you. But I also like want you to know, like, I'm here to take care of you at the same time. So, and it worked really well. Like, it was great. Like, that was probably the only like response I got from her in all of my attempts to talk to her. But, oh, at least it was so. like, I got you, girl. We'll, we'll take care of each yeah, other. We'll keep exactly. our jobs. <laughs> and like, I like, I want people to know that, like, I'm here to win. Like, I'm here to choke you or submit you or whatever. We're win by points. Like, I'm a points girl too. Um, but I'm, I'm not here to hurt you. Like mm-hmm. I'm here to win and to compete, but I'm not here to hurt you. Like, I'm just, I don't know, like 
I'm a little hippie butterfly and social and like, I love yeah. you, but I also want to murder you, but let's be friends. So. I understand that 100%. <laughs> My coach calls me the hippie grandma of the gym. Um, yes. cause I like to go to bed at nine and I'm like, they're night owls. So I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just skip a few. I'm really interested in what motivates you to train and just like a little bit more about your why. And as you think about it, like, um, I would love for you to keep in mind as if you were talking to someone, especially a female who's interested in, has like a shrivel of interest in martial arts or training. And, um, could you just like kind of elaborate on that? Like what, what makes you train? What's your why? Absolutely. Um, so for me, it gave me an outlet to exercise that was different. Um, and I'm a, I'm a female, right? Like I'm, I'm not a small petite girl by any means. I'm taller, I'm built broader, but that doesn't mean that like, I'm just fierce and ferocious and able to handle myself. So it was a lot of the self-defense side of it. Like it was going to give me a way to burn calories, work out in a different way, but also give me some skills to defend myself. If I was ever in a situation, like you always think it's never going to happen to you until it does. And we live in a very small community. And so we feel very protected, but then you see like people posting on social media, like, oh, I was walking to my car from the grocery store and this man approached me and I'm just letting you know. So other people are aware of it. And it was really ironic because I had only been training for maybe a month and I had that situation happen to me. I was walking to my car from the grocery store and I happened to know this is guy like kind of watching me in the store and he was a couple people behind me in the checkout lane and just kind of like very obviously checking me out. And I was like, whatever, like go about it. And I get to my car and I get in my my car and I shut the door and I like happened to see him standing outside my car window. <laughs> he had followed me and I was completely unaware of it. And I just kind of cracked my window a little bit. And he was just like trying to get my number. And in my head, I'm like a month ago, I would be panicking, like full on, like, what do I do? Like, how am I going to protect myself? Like, can I scream loud enough? You know, my keys burn the ignition. I had no like weapon to use. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, if he reaches in the car, I'm gonna grab his wrist like this and do this. And like in my head, I'm like thinking of all the ways that I could protect myself if needed. Or if he came up behind me before I got my car, I'm gonna do this. And and so, and that was a month in. And like two and a half years later, like I just feel like, oh yeah, there's so many other things I could do in that situation. And my daughter will be 15 in a couple of weeks. And we've tried to get her into it, but it's just, she's just not comfortable and that touchy-feely like situation but she's also a teenage girl living in a very crazy world and so even if it's as simple as at home like if somebody comes up to you and does this to you this is how you can defend yourself mm-hmm. and being able to teach my daughter some of those things is very empowering as a mom you want to protect your children all of the time and you, you can't always but in this way, I can, I, I can send her out in the world knowing that if somebody grabs her from behind, we've at least taught her, like, this is what you should do. Um, and so like, that was a huge thing for me. Like, I feel more empowered today as a female in today's society, society as a person in today, today's society as a mom, that if I'm in a bad situation, I feel like I have enough tools in my toolbox that I can get out of it or or at least prevent some things from happening or some damage happening or whatever the case may be. Um, 
And, and that feels good. That feels good to know that if I'm walking to my car at night at a grocery store parking lot and somebody comes up to me, like if I can't de-escalate the situation verbally and they, they go to put hands on me, I at least feel like I can protect myself. Mm-hmm. And that's Enough probably to get been away. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's probably been like the biggest thing. Like I went into it looking to exercise. I went into it as a competitive person in their thirties. There was no way I was going to be able to really be an athlete on a regular basis other than like community volleyball leagues or whatever. Um, so it gave me an outlet to compete and to learn and to do that. But man, I feel just empowered as a woman. I have friends who are like, I just don't know how you do it. Like, why do you fight? I don't fight. I learn, I train, like I'm learning to take care of myself and I'm learning to take care of others at the same time. And that's the big thing. And my friends are like, Oh, I might try it sometime if it was just this group of girls, or if it was just that, and I'm like, okay, well then come sometime. Like you don't have to roll with everybody. You don't have to partner with everybody. Just, just come. Cause I guarantee in one class, you're going to learn something that you can take home with you that you can keep in your toolbox that would help you in any situation. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest thing for me. I always tell people just come cause it's not always what you think it's going to be. And you're going to leave feeling a lot more confident in yourself. I love that. I, I have not like, well, I actually recently did have some experiences similar. Um, one of them, my husband was with me and we were just like with some friends and this guy like had a, had a puppy with him and we were just like messing around. And one of our hippie friends like wanted to pet the puppy and Tom and I, like, I think something that develops, um, without really it being intended is like this spider sense of like, Ooh, I don't know about this character. Like you, you just become more aware of people's, um, mannerisms, body posture, like all kinds of things. And as soon as we saw this guy, Tom and I, like, we looked at each other, like, Oh, uh, I don't, and we were like calling our friend back, like, come back, come back, buddy. You don't want to mess with this guy's dog. I mean, it's a puppy, but, and then lo and behold, he had probably like some kind of mental disorder where he was just going through these crazy emotional loops, telling us the same story about, you know, how he like tore his Achilles in skiing. He's like, do you know how much snow is up on Keystone right now? And he's like, oh, because I didn't warm up. Like, I'll be warm up. Did you fucking hear me? Like, he's literally, and then like going really sad and then going really like aggressive. And we were just like, this guy's unstable. We should not be so close. And he actually, you know, I think something that develops when you actively pursue on a regular basis, getting out of your comfort zone, things that would most likely make you very uncomfortable, you learn how to instead be calm because it's kind of like, um, you know, when you meet like a new dog, like you don't want to be like super afraid because that dog's going to pick up on that fear. And then there's just going to be a whole bunch of fear <laughs> between the interaction and you're going to get bitten. And so I think the same thing is true with people. Like if you really just hold a calm space around yourself, even if they're crazy and like aggressive and trying to attack, they're going to, it's almost like a little, um, like a little filter, like they're gonna be like, oh, like she's not responding like I thought, like she should be afraid. This is fucking weird. Maybe I shouldn't right. keep going forward. <laughs> like, right. So in that situation, that guy actually got really like came up to Tom's face, like two inches between them. He's like, I could swing on you so fast before you even blink. And Tom just like, okay. 
Like, he's just like so nice, so calm. Okay. And I'm like off to the side and I'm thinking like, yo, as soon as he swings, you get that underhook, you go ahead for the double leg, get him to the ground. I'll go ahead and do neon belly. I'll pin, I'll get the camera. Somebody film the shit. Like I'm literally like planning all this stuff in my head, like exactly how you mentioned. Without jujitsu, I would have had none of that. I would have literally just crumbled in fear. And like our friends actually did do that. Like they just left us in the situation, just walked away. And I was like, well, good thing we know how to fucking take care of ourselves because we don't have backup. <laughs> like they just left. So it was kind of crazy, but it is what it is. All right. Oh, Cami, are you still there? You kind of look like you're frozen. Right. Okay, you're kind of there. Your face is frozen though. Right. And empowerment, like it, it brings a level of calm to you. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So yeah, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I think your your uh, camera is a little frozen. Oh, we back. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> we back. Okay, let's move into. Um, so I had asked Cami to come on to the podcast because I did a workshop on injury prevention, which had a big piece um, about recovery inside of it and just how important that is for preventing injury, for managing injury. And she is going to talk to us about some massage therapy and she is a former massage therapist. Yes. Yes. Um, I am. So, uh, and we can get into the details of that as we get further into it, but yes, I actually have my, um, associate's degree in massage therapy, um, which was probably one of the most exciting times of my life, really. Um, just because of the time that I was going through massage therapy school it was just a different world in massage therapy then. Um, and I practiced for seven years and, uh, yes, I just, I love it so much. So I'm not currently practicing, um, massage therapy today, but I just have such a, such a big place in my heart for it. And it's just such a great resource for all people. So I love that. I, I, so in occupational therapy, we get like a few, I, you can get like CEUs and massage, like you're not a massage mm-hmm. therapist. I couldn't go and like have my own massage business or whatever. Right. Um, but they do teach us some of it just for like scar tissue healing and like lymph managing, like, you know, swelling and lymph issues. Um, and there's like more specific trainings in there, but Tom and I, like, he does a lot of manual massage cause he's a physical therapist. So he's got to like get into some tissues and stuff. And, um, it's something that we like, it's almost like an agreement in our relationships. Like we get at least 10 minutes a night. Like we're not like, we don't pass on this. And I'm actually really bad at it because I'm a freaking bum. And when I'm tired, I'm like, my grips hurt. I don't want to massage anything. Like, do we have to? And he's like, come on, at least five. Like, this is what keeps us going. Don't forget. And then we do it. I'm like, thanks for pushing me to massage. (laughs) So I think it's really cool if you have a partner to make that part of your lifestyle. But, um, what made you want to become a massage therapist in the first place? So uh, when I was like 15, I think like sophomore in high school, um, we were in one of our like required career classes and they had us do those like online assessment tests that like ask you about your interests and like what kind of a post high school career you want to have, like how long do you want to be in college? Like, do you want to do one year? Do you want to do six years? what kind of price range would you like to have for your college expenses and just all those types of things. And then you get the list and you can go back through and maybe answer some questions differently. And one thing that kept popping up on mine was massage therapy. 
And I, um, when I was little, I wanted to be a nurse. As I got older, I realized like, that is not my calling. Like, yes, I want to care for people, but I don't know that if somebody came in with this gaping wound that I would be like the best person in that situation. I would not be calm, cool, and collected. I would be like, ah! so it's like, how can I, how can I work with people? How can I help people? How can I give back to, to people? Um, as a career. And so that kind of popped up and I was familiar, like now when I was 15, this was like early 2000s, no, like late 1990s to be really honest with you. Um, and so like, it was a thing that you knew about, but it wasn't as popular as it is today. So I was researching it and learning about it. And I'm like, I could totally do this. And then our school counselor at the time was big on like helping people job shadow. We well, can't really job shadow a massage therapist, but what I was able to do was get a free massage from a local massage therapist to experience it. Like, this is what it feels like on the receiving end. So that was my very first massage. And ironically, I ended up working for her for seven years after school, which was oh. totally like not related, but just like a cool, like add in feature to my massage story. Um, and so I, I did, I, I went to school and, uh, and I was able to practice for as long as I was. And it was just, it was so amazing. Like I got to, to work with different people with, for different reasons. It's a lot like jujitsu. Like they came in for a different reason, like their, their, their life experiences, their journeys, they were just there for like something relaxing. They'd had a stressful week. It was a gift, but they had chronic muscular issues or chronic pain or, or whatever. So you got to work with different people in different settings. Every day was different. Every client was different. And you were giving back to somebody on some level. And it was amazing. I loved it so much. That's so cool. I love that because just like in occupational therapy, you're usually like, you're asking people to do stuff they don't think they can do or that they don't want to do in that moment. So it can be very like hindsight when you realize you've given back and you're like, okay, all that struggle was worth it. Huh, Becky? Like, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Massage therapy is like, you know, it's a nice passive type of, you know, treatment that people can get quick benefit from and not have to put forth a lot of effort for. So I think that's part of its value for sure. Right. Um, and it kind of connected with my like little hippie growing soul at the time. Yeah. Like it's, it's not traditional medicine, right? Like it's very Eastern medicine oriented. So that was like, I, I don't know. I think it just like spoke to my little hippie soul too, Aww. which was great. Yeah. Hippie souls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So how can you explain like how massage is beneficial for someone who's trying to recover, um, especially from jujitsu training? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when we exercise, even as we're moving throughout the day, but the more intense the exercise and the movement is lactic, lactic acid builds up in our muscles. Like that's probably a term a lot of people are like growing more familiar with, especially if you're like training in some facet and when lactic acid really builds up, that's what kind of makes your muscles feel sore. That's what, what you're feeling with pain. Like, yes, you're working your body, but you're building this up. And, and on the jujitsu mats, like how you feel after round one and how you feel after round five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, like you can feel your muscles slowing down and fatiguing because that lactic acid is building up in them. Um, so what massage does is it actually helps to promote blood flow and increase circulation. And with that good blood flow, you're helping to release some of those toxins, including lactic acid out of your muscles. So really good, freshly oxygenated blood is so good for your muscles. And so you're just working that out of 
of your legs, your arms, whatever it is. Maybe it's just a general, nice, relaxing massage. You're just working everything out and everything feels great. Or you're like, okay, man, my legs are killing me. And you're just really focusing, maybe working in a little bit deeper, but massage really just helps to increase blood flow, which is flushing your muscles out of all of the garbage that builds up in them. And so like, that's why a lot of times, like you feel a lot better afterwards. Like you, your, your body feels relaxed because those muscles are no longer just tight and grouped together. They're just now like those fibers are relaxed. A lot of the knots that we feel are your muscle fibers binding together and you can work those out and then everything just feels relaxed. So you, you, you do, in some cases, people feel like, oh, my body just feels elongated. Well, yeah, because you came in with everything bunched up and now it's all straightened out and elongated and you do, you feel like your shoulders can relax. You feel like your arms can hang at your side. You're not so tense. Um, so that's one of the biggest things with massage is it, it just helps to increase good, freshly oxygenated blood flow to your muscles and releasing the garbage that we store in them out so they can flush out of your system and you can kind of start fresh. I love that. That's a really cool explanation. Um, what it made me think of, cause I'm a big advocate for blood flow. That's another reason why I'm like, do some type of light movement. Like that doesn't require energy, like expenditure, but it gets your blood moving, even just walking. Like it does it's so simple and our bodies are so ready to recover that we just have to do a little tiny thing to get it to like go into that mode. Um, but I was wondering, like, cause I know just a lot of us, especially with the whole COVID situation that was so recent, it's like touch has gone away, you know, and you have to like, ask, like, are you hugging? You're hugging. Okay, cool. Let's hug. Right. Like you even have to like, it's like a courtesy now, which for, you know, the right reason, I suppose. Um, right. but I just, I'm wondering if, cause you know how they talk about like, when you hug someone, there's like a drip of oxytocin that comes out or um, like th there's hormones that change when we, when we feel touch. And especially if it's the right kind of touch in the right circumstance. So I'm just wondering if there's like any science or like explanation for just that part alone, um, having effect on like your nervous system's ability to recover. Absolutely. So massage, and this was the one thing I learned when I went into school, um, because what I thought it was and what it was, was very different. Um, but if like, if you and your husband are at home and you guys have some training, so you kind of understand, but like just walking in like states that don't require education or licensing, like really get on my nerves because there is a level of safety concern with massage because it does affect so many parts of our body. Like, yes, we are, we're touching each other. So it's our skin, right? Like good, good, regular massages helps promote good, healthy skin. Um, it's great for your muscles. It's great for, for your gut, your blood flow, but it also does affect your nervous system. Like touch does like if somebody touches you, you feel it, right? Like your senses are going off. Um, and when, and when you like somebody like, Oh, I have a crush on this person and they touch you and you feel like that electricity going through your body, like that's your, your body reacting to that. Um, and they say when, when babies are born, you know, skin to skin, skin to skin, well, that's touch, like that's direct contact. And so baby massages, just like putting lotion on babies, it's so good for their development. There is a psychological side of it. And that's why a lot of people struggled throughout COVID, like not being able to directly have physical contact with another person, they need that side of it. And so a lot of people went through some states of depression. I mean, we saw suicide rates increase because they just went good coping mechanisms available to us in those times. 
and, and you felt like you couldn't have that interaction. And if you were living by yourself or whatever the situation may have been, and you weren't getting that day-to-day handshake or hug or high five or whatever, um, it does really affect the psychological side of things. And that like, I would have people come in um, and just cry during their massages. And they would be like, I have no idea why I'm crying. And it's because touch activates something in your body. And in some cases, there was a box that you had sealed up with this trauma that you didn't even realize was there. And the psychological side of it, like opened that box and it was just all coming out in your massage session. Whether, Whether it was like, I had one lady, her kids had just moved away. And just like that touch and that relaxation and that connection from one human being to another, she just cried. And she's like, I'm so sorry. My kids just moved away. And as happy as I am for them, I'm, I'm just sad. And I said, girl, you just cry it out. And she did. And after her massage, she's like, I just thank you so much. Like I needed that relaxation of my body. And I just needed to let all of those emotions out. And, and it is, it's just, it is a connection between two people. That is so freaking beautiful. <laughs> like, yeah, that is so amazing. beautiful. I, I there's like a phrase that Tom and I always t- like we say it's like you sort your issues in your tissues, and so yeah. that speaks directly to that. Like it's a right. cute phrase, but it's like also very real and important. <laughs> right. So like, that's so people cool. are like, oh, I carry my tension in my shoulders. Like when I'm stressed, I like pull my shoulders to my ears, and I just walk around like very like. Ugh. And yeah, like there's a lot of things going on with that. Like, yeah, your muscles are not getting good circulation because you're like bringing them up in an unnatural state. Doing that is creating your muscle fibers to bind together. So yeah, you are getting some knots Um, and you're just, you're storing all of your stress in one area, like as a hippie lover and an Eastern medicine practicing girl, like energies are a thing. Our chakra zones are a thing. And I'm passing my energy to you. You're passing your energy to me. And there's a lot that goes on in a massage. And one of the things that we were taught in school and at the time I did not understand is putting up your barrier. Because if you spend eight hours of your day exchanging energy with another person, you are going to be so drained by the end of your day. And you do not always know what energy is coming in and laying on your table. And you have to learn to balance that and put up your boundaries. And I had, we had gone to a CEU class one time where a person talked about like negative energy. And like during the session, she just saw red, like everything in her world was red because it's such a negative energy, which not that the person is a bad person. It's just their energy. They were carrying for whatever reason was just very clouded. And I was like, what are you talking about? Until it happened to me one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is a thing. This is a very real thing. Um, and so you just, you do, you have to learn to, to put up that boundary. Like, like you had talked about with your interaction, like you just felt the vibe from that guy was off. And uh, sometimes you feel that in when it was a client, like their vibe is off for whatever reason. And you have to work with that. And your goal is to like, okay, let's get rid of this negative energy. Like massage is pushing all of the stuff through their body, like good stuff. We were, we're opening up their energy zones where we're, you know, we're just working with everything and, and it goes, it goes a lot into it too, with that whole, like letting go, your muscles are letting go, your body is letting go and your mind is letting go. Yeah, man. That's, I love that. Cause it reminds me of just like, in a weird way, like taking out the trash of your body. And if you're constantly overloading it with information and you never take out the trash, like you're going to get tense and it's important yeah. that you manage that, especially for preventing injury and recovery and stuff. Um, and, uh, about you're talking about so 
anytime you're working as a therapist, period, if, whether it's mental, massage, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing, like medical field in general, you're going through so many people's traumatic response energy because they've gone through a surgery or they've been injured or they had a stroke. Like, whoa, when I first came out of school, I remember just like, I didn't understand that I couldn't be a bucket and I was being a bucket and just filling up with these people's energies without knowing how to process it and shove it to the other, like shove it out basically. (laughs) And so I remember coming home and just like staring at the wall, like, what did I do to myself? Like, I'm trapped in this position now. I have to be a therapist. I don't know how to handle it. I feel like I'm just reliving people's experiences and upsets and taking everything they say super personally. Like, whoa, if you want to anything to help you develop emotionally, be a therapist go volunteer. Like, holy crap, you will learn that you really have to learn how to be a tube for that energy and like, take it, throw it, take it, throw it. It's not yours. Like, don't hang right. on to it or it right. will burn you. <laughs> burn you out. So Absolutely. I love that. That was great. Um, okay. Last question. Um, cause we're getting, we're getting to time here, but I've really enjoyed our conversation. Also real quick, are you wearing your role model shirt? I totally am. I'm ah! so excited. <laughs> I love it so much. It's like the softest shirt too. Like I just want to live in it. Yeah. Same with, I got the little hoodie, the crop top hoodie. Oh, it's yeah. nice. Also, we uh, might need to do another podcast just about camp because it was oh that great. I would love that so <laughs> okay, much. Cool. So Yeah. We can pass it to AJ and she'll like blast it everywhere. But um, okay. So if a jujitsu person or an athlete, whoever the crap is listening, um, if they're like, man, I've kind of been weird about massage. I want to get one. I don't know. Like, should I do a Swedish massage? What's the hot stone? Like there's all these options. Some of them are even like, you know, there's, there's a spa here in town. That's I looked at their massage menu and I, I had like a free one. And I remember looking at it, like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, yeah. heavenly aura massage. I was like, what? is it right is it gonna help or what are we doing here (laughs) right oh yeah and like I said like so I graduated in 2004 um so I started I started yes I started in the fall of 2003 and I graduated I feel like that's wrong I started in 04 I graduated in 05 or something like that early 2000s (laughs) I'm old I can't remember shit um (laughs) and our program was one year very intensive full-time one year and I practiced for seven years after that and what massage was then is not what massage is today which makes my, my heart happy because there's been such an evolution to massage. It's more accepted by people. It's more practice. It's whatever, uh, but it's very different. And part of that is just like with jujitsu, like what we do for jujitsu today is not what they did for jujitsu five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like it's evolved. People have discovered there is a way to take this basic thing and add on to it and add on to it and add on to it. And that's kind of what massage therapy has been like. And it's definitely trended from your very generic, like frou-frou thing, like, oh, I don't do frou-frou to a very medically accepted and utilized therapeutic platform. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first started massage therapy to when I finished my career, it's the end of seven years. And just the reason why I ended is because I developed um, non-operable nerve damage in my wrists and elbows from overuse. So, um, my career ended my career, which is the reason why I had to stop practicing. Um, I, and which was very disappointing because I loved the direction we were going. We very much worked with, um, 
insurance companies that would accept us, which is very, very, very limited. And, and it still kind of is in the state of Nebraska. Um, but like your workman's comp, we got a lot of workman's comp. We did a lot of medical-based therapeutic side of things. Um, and that was a majority of our, our clientele at that time was people who were coming in from the, um, the therapeutic benefit of it versus just like, I just needed to relax. It's been a long day or week or whatever. Um, so like that, that was great to see 100% great to see. Um, but you do see that on these menus, like Reiki is growing in popularity. Energy work is growing in popularity. Um, you have your very much, this is a good platform for relaxation all the way to, you're going to walk out of here feeling like you just got your ass whooped and it's going to suck for a day or two. And then you are going to feel like a million bucks. So, and you can't put that on a menu. Like I'm going to beat your ass for an hour and you will love me for it. Like you can't, you can't say that, although that's really what it comes down to. Like you're going to feel um, like dog shit, but then you'll feel great later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's hilarious. Uh, Which um, is like the best for jujitsu recovery. Cause I, it's funny. My husband loves like the, like the deep hard massage. And that's why I'm always like, I don't want to my wrists, my hands. Like, he's like, well, you're just going to develop grip strength. So just do it. I'm like, damn it. He turned it around on me. You're right. But, um, I'm, I'm personally like a fan of the middle and I'm sure it's subjective of like what you're willing to tolerate, but what's, what's yeah. your opinion on that? Um, so like the three big things that you see, in, re, in regards to recovery that athletes are, are getting, they're utilizing, like more sports teams are adding massage therapists, more events are adding massage therapists for the end of it, things of that nature, like your deep tissue massage, your sports massage and cupping massage. Like everybody is cupping is the hype. We're going to get into that in a second, but deep tissue massage and sports massage are very, very similar. So deep tissue is very much what it sounds like. It's a heavier pressure that works past your superficial muscles down into the deeper lying muscles. Um, it is more pressure. It is more um, intensity, if you will. You've got long, slow strokes that are usually provided through palm pressure, forearm pressure, and even elbow. Um, and, and you're working deep into those muscles. In order to get to those muscles, it does require you to go long and slow. You're really pushing through those top line muscles to get down into the lower, which is more of your active muscles, like your flexors, your abductors, your adductors, all of that stuff. And it is intense. And it's, I always tell my clients, you have got to breathe through it. If it's too much, I can back off, but in order to get into some of those root causes, like you've got to get down and dirty in there and I'm digging my elbow in there. Um, but that when, when you feel that release, it's just like, whew, oh my God, like everything feels so good. Right. Um, so deep tissue is a lot of what you see because it does get into those more activated muscles where we tend to store more of our injuries, our pain, our tension, whatever. Um, and with that, it's super increased circulation of blood flow to your muscles. You're breaking up those knocks. You're getting rid of those toxins. You're improving your range of motions because you're getting to the muscles that the root cause of things into those muscles. So sports massage is pretty much the same thing, but it's more isolated to a specific area of the body. So you're coming in for deep tissue. You're kind of getting the full work over with it. Um, sports massage is like, okay, I have a shoulder injury and I need you to work on my shoulder. Mm. It's more isolated to a specific area. A very similar application. And then cupping. And let me just tell you, this is where my heart lies. So back in 2004, whatever, 
when I was going through school, we did a brief in one class. This is what cupping massage is. And I was the guinea pig. They demonstrated on me. And I was like, holy shit, this is the most amazing thing I've ever felt in my life. And we were we were shown fire cupping massage. So there's suction cup, like there's pump cups and there's fire cups. And a lot of what you see practiced today is pump cups because it's easier application. But we had little glass cups. They literally look like a little teeny tiny cup that you like, you took a cotton ball, you soaked it in alcohol, you lit it on fire, you wiped your little fireball through the cup and you immediately placed it on a person's skin, like fire involved. Um, but what was great about that, it was as a natural suction. So that's what we learned on years and years ago. Nobody practiced it. Like the lady I worked for, she had learned it years before me when she was in school in California, but she never had anybody ask about it. People were like, that sounds weird. And then fast forward to 2016, the Olympics in Rio de, Rio, Rio de Janeiro and Michael Phelps comes on the screen. And everybody's like, what is Michael Phelps going to do this year at the Olympics? And they're like, why are there circular bruises on his back? And the media went crazy because these athletes were working with a team that, that knew the benefits of this. Like cupping has been around since like ancient times, like Chinese and Egyptian times, they actually used it for lung conditions like bronchitis and pneumonia. And it was documented in some of the oldest medical textbooks back in like 1550 BC. So it's been around forever. People knew about it. It just wasn't like public popularity. And then after that, you saw other athletes stepping up on the platforms in that Olympics with these bruises on their backs. And now you see it everywhere you go. UFC fighters use cupping. Um, if you've been watching the Olympic trials, like a lot of the athletes there have cupping bruises. Um, I have a cupping kit at home. I use on my teenage daughter, like during swim season, her back was wrecked and she showed up <laughs> to swim with these like bruises on her back. And some of the kids were familiar with it. And some of the kids were like, what happened to you? <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, cupping is so great. So oh. what it does is you have this suction and you, you will bruise, right? It's kind of like a hickey because you're sucking your skin in like literally a suction, your skin rises up in the cup. And, um, what it does is it really forces good blood flow and breaking up of stagnation. And I like to describe it to people as it's like getting a really deep tissue massage without somebody's elbow driving into your muscles. You're not getting that like, I'm giving you everything I have. Um, it's a little uncomfortable at first. There is some pinching, obviously, as your skin pulls up into the cup, um, you do feel some, some pinching there. Um, but it's one of those things, like for me, I have it done all the time. I just breathe through it. Right. Like, and then you get comfortable your body, like it's a new experience. And once you're familiar with the experience, your body relaxes and, the, and they're left on for, you know, several minutes. And there's, there, there's a lot of different application processes to it. You can, you can, suck, release, suck, release. You can suck and leave, or you can glide. I like personally gliding. It's just, it's kind of a tricky art to do. And my boyfriend and my daughter are not professionals, so they can apply it and leave me for however long we set a timer, they come and take them off of me. Um, but it is so great. So great for you because it, it's just doing so much without having a lot done to you. Like that blood flow is just going crazy, right? Cause that's what you're doing. You're pulling the blood to the surface of the skin. Like that's what the bruising is, right? Like your blood and you're just breaking up stagnation and you're getting just 
freshly oxygenated blood just coursing to your muscles. And, and it's amazing. And you see it on, on people's backs, like broad surfaces. You can do it on your arms, your legs. You can do sinus cupping, what I've learned, but I would love to, especially as my allergies are raging right now and I could just cut my own sinuses. But, oh man, it is such a great thing to do. And it's so easy on a practitioner. A lot of practitioners are introducing it into their practices because they don't have to strain their bodies. Like you can get great results for your client without having to strain your body at the same time. So you're seeing more people offering the service and getting the education in it. And you're seeing it more acceptable by people. And, and yeah, you do, you kind of, they're, they're like bruises, but they're not tender. Like maybe the first couple of days they are, but your skin is tender because you just sucked it into a cup for 15 minutes or whatever the case may be. Um, but you feel good. Like as those, as those bruises are healing, they don't hurt. They just look insane, but man, you feel so good afterwards. And I would say that that's probably the biggest trend that you're seeing. And it's great for athletes because of the intensity of the process. It's really getting to the root cause. It's really breaking up that stagnation. It's really forcing good blood flow to your muscles. I mean, it's, it's amazing. My, my 15 year old daughter, has been able to apply cups to me for a while. And I, I eventually just bought like a suction pump, which you just hook a tube to it and you pump it out and then you go and you can adjust the, suc the suction of it. Whereas like fire cups is more of a natural suction, which I personally like um, because it's your body saying, this is how much we're going to need mm -hmm. versus like I'm manually telling your body how much suction you're gonna need. So mm -hmm. either is great. Um, one is a lot easier fire in any situation, especially when you're directly <laughs> putting it near a person's body. Like there is a level of danger. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like your insurance company may be like, um, as a practitioner, you should probably <laughs> just get a pump and not fire. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. I mean, it is. And you can order them off of Amazon, which I love because it's an easy way to get access to them. But it's another one of those things you have to know what you're doing because you can't just go like applying suction cups all over your body because there are like things you just can't do, like big no-nos in massage therapy. And if you're not educated, you don't know that. So please, if you want to do it, go to a licensed therapist. Yeah, <laughs> at least consult with one or like- Exactly, take, exactly. At the very least, find someone on YouTube who is a certified therapist and showing people like how to use your cups at home, like at the bare minimum. At the very bare minimum, but just know like <laughs> there are big no-nos, yeah. like big no-nos, contraindications. That's what we use. That is the term we use of big contraindications. Yeah. Um. So I always like, I always strongly recommend like, seeking out professional services and yeah. sometimes your time doesn't allow it your budget doesn't allow it so another massive tool that you can get that we have at home and use all of the time is a topomic gun that is another great tool to have you can sit on the couch you can go over your legs your arms whatever and it's just a great way to break up that lactic acid so you see topomic guns are selling like wildfire everybody's yeah. got one athletes carry them with them to competitions they're in their bags they're in their luggage they're phenomenal. I highly recommend you get one because it's something you can use at home. It's not, it's not powerful enough. It's not extensive enough to like cause any harm and you can do it to yourself for free. Like the cost is the gun and maybe shipping, which is honestly, okay. So our, my sister-in-law had one and we, we haven't gotten to try one, but we're like, yeah, that looks like it needs to happen in our lives. And just like I said, to preserve like our hands and grips, because my joints are all tired from being ripped on the gi and like, 
I literally feel like I have granny hands. I'm like, you want me to massage? Your muscles are big. Like I don't right. want to, they're strong right. too. Like it's like rubbing a steak. It's hard. Okay. But with the gun, it saves us time, energy, and it gets to those deep tissues that I don't usually like to put effort into getting to. So, um, we tried one and it was like the, it was the best. We're like, yeah, this needs to happen ASAP. And the one my, um, sister-in-law had was like maybe $60, which a massage is usually a hundred plus. If you're going to someone who's like, you know, going to give you a good massage. Um, so it's a really, it's a really efficient, accessible way to start integrating massage into your life for recovery. Yeah. Topotement was a thing that we learned, like massage therapists use Topotement, um, regularly. Like it's a great tool, uh, in massage therapy, but like, I'll tell you what, like I had a massage not too long ago and he had a Topotement gun and we talked about it and he's like, this has saved my body so much just using the gun. Cause we're getting the same, the same benefits out of it, but he's not having to use his wrists, right? Like he's not flicking his wrists to do it. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how long my career would have lasted if I'd had a tool yeah. like that, you know? Um, Start back but, up and just do double guns. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's such a great way to break up some of that lactic acid. Now, obviously going to a massage therapist, you're going to get a lot more extensive and direct and, and isolated type of, of a massage versus just a gun at home. But, um, and it's not like one of those, like, I hate when you go to like the store and they have like a massage thing and it just vibrates like that's not really doing anything. Like those yeah. irritate me. Like, I don't like that feeling. Like, I don't want to just be like vibrated on. So yeah. like the Topotement guns, absolutely 100% worth the investment. Ours is, was a little bit more expensive than that, but it was still very reasonable, but it comes with, uh, there's like 20 speeds to it, which is great. And then it has different heads to it. So flat surface, round surface balls. Um, it's kind of like a two prong thing, which was great for like going down the spine to your paraspinal, um, muscles. So you can just kind of hit right along there. Um, it's just, oh, it's great. My daughter uses it. Our um, 11 year old son uses it. You can use it on your hands, your feet, your back, your neck, your legs, your arms. I mean, pretty much anywhere you want. So they're a super great tool to have at home and you get so many great benefits from it. So love it. Awesome. Cammie, this has been an amazing time. Just like chatting it up, talking shop. I, know, <laughs> I really, I really so enjoyed fun. it. <laughs> my jujitsu and my massage heart is so full. Yeah, really though. And also don't forget about the hippie heart. Like, oh, I know. I heart. know. My, my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you're such a hippie. And, and part of it is like my nature. And a lot of it is like going through massage therapy, like the education and learning, like, this is how we took care of ourselves before Western medicine. Like when you didn't have like a pharmacy down the street and you had to rely on touch, you had to rely on herbs, you had to rely on you know, water. Oh my gosh, water and then all of its amazing benefits. Right. And teas and it's, oh yeah, I love it. So it's like just a totally different way to take care of yourself, which is great. Like I always look for like a holistic at home approach before heading to a doctor or heading outside of the house and Western medicine totally has its place, but there are so many, so many ways. I mean, if it didn't work, we wouldn't have people today. Like we would have just been killing each other back in like the ancient times, right? Like cupping to cure lung conditions. Oh, it doesn't work. Well, everybody's now dead from bronchitis. Like there is no population. (laughs) So like it works. It it does. It has its place. So yes, I am. I am a little hippie at heart. I love it. I love it too. Cool. Well, I would love to have you back on for just like a role model recap, just for fun. I mean, if I, if I interview a role model, like that's going to happen just because like it has to happen. (laughs) And if you're um, not a role model, you need to be getting in on it. You've been sleeping. You need to wake up. 
Are you wearing <laughs> your raw model hoodie right now? I am. Oh my God, we didn't even plan this. Look I know, that. I'm going to get a picture of this because I think it would just make a lot of girls happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I really wanted a crop top, but your girl is not like that comfortable with her body right now. Like I'm going through a lot of changes and I'm like, I know I will wear a t-shirt hand over fist. I will have the crop top and be like, I'm a nerd. No, I don't, I just, I just don't think I'm ready to like do that. I have again. stuff like that too. I'm like, I yeah. bought this when I was in a confident moment. And now I'm looking at it like, who the <laughs> fuck bought this? <laughs> I know. And I was like confident cami all of camp. And then yeah. like, I had that like realistic cami moment and it like the, all oh, those crops were so cute. And I'm like, girl, get the t-shirt. Cause like, you're going to get home and you're going to be like, okay, this is Cammy. Cammy's right here. Cammy's a t-shirt girl, not a crop top girl. Ever growing though. Ever growing. <laughs> right. Camp Cammy should have rocked a, a crop top. Normal Cammy went for the t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story with jujitsu. I always love to just dig into people's like background scenes as far as jujitsu goes, especially females. And then, um, just sharing a little bit about your professional background in massage too, I think is helpful for current athletes or people who are on the fence about getting massage. And I'm always interested in those type of alternative um, practices first as well. Like if I can, if I can handle it myself, th that's great. Um, you know, if I got in a car accident and I lost my shoulder and I need stitches and surgery, thank you, Western medicine and pain right. pills, like cool. But Absolutely. you know, it's very um, circumstantial and I always prefer to be preventative and proactive versus reactive, which I feel like Western medicine can be more like reactive, which we need both. So right. just thanks for sharing that and a bit of your heart. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'll let yeah. you know when the podcast is coming out. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. It was good to see you and reconnect again. And I'm yeah. definitely down for a role model recap. Yes. All right, Kimmy, I'm gonna let you go. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>